0: We also would love to connect with you on our social media on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy!
1: Hey, Kingdom Culture family, so good to see you this morning. Happy Sunday. If you're new with us online, I want to welcome you. Let us know where you're watching from. Engage in the comments, like it, share the broadcast, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. Thank you for stopping by. And if you're part of our Kingdom Culture community, welcome again. Can't wait till we can meet in the flesh. I know I keep saying that over and over again, but it's true. Nothing's changed the truth of this desire to meet again. I know we will do it soon. Sooner than later in Jesus name. Name, but today I want to encourage you. It's going to be a little bit of a different style of teaching. I want to prophetically encourage you in this season. I know the first few weeks of January, I brought some sort of encouraging words around what I believe God wants us to focus on in this season, and I continue. I want to continue to unwrap that a little bit. And I actually was gonna do something totally different today and I just felt like the Lord nudged me to to simplify what I was gonna do and shift it for this Sunday. But there is something that's been brewing in me that will come out at some point, maybe next week, I don't know. But uh, today, I I wanna just land in 1st and 2nd Timothy, two books that I love to read side by side. I love the encouragement that comes from the Apostle Paul who who wrote the book of Timothy as a letter to Timothy his spiritual son to encourage young Tim on his leadership journey. So we're going to camp out in 1st and 2nd Timothy and I'm going to kind of break apart some of the verses, some verses that have really meant a lot to me over the years. But I love when I read the first book of Timothy, I love reading the second book of Timothy alongside it. It just gives you this amazing overview of Paul's heart as a spiritual father and, and what Timothy as a young leader really needed and what was going through. And I believe it applies to all of our lives and especially in a season that we are in right now during a global pandemic. You know, I just released this week uh, a new podcast episode and uh, I referenced in the episode that most of the world is still living in a pandemic unless you're living in Florida. It's like a whole other world. Uh, but uh, we're, we're living through this. You know, we haven't met for over 11 months now in person. Uh, much of, you know, Florida churches are meeting. It's like Disney's open, just a different world down there. But for re- the rest of us, Uh, everybody else in the world, or at least North America, it seems like we're still on this lockdown. We're still dealing with the, the pressure of the lockdown, isolation. And it's been a hard road for so many. It's been good for so many, but it's also been really hard for so many. And as you've heard me share over and over again, one of the things I really felt moving into 2020 was is that it would be a year where we would come against fear. And I want to just talk today because I know that so many are still dealing with fear. And one of the things that Paul really encouraged Timothy to move through was fear by reminding him that God has not given you a spirit of fear but an ability to move through things. And so I want to I just, uh, I'm going to read the, the verse in a second, but you, you probably know the verse. If you go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. That's the amplified version. It's simply put, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But it goes on to say, But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and a personal discipline, which is abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. We need this more than ever. In a season, in a pandemic, where we're still on, for us in Ontario, a stay-at-home order, so many people are wrestling with fear. and I think this reminder from Paul is so good to us. Pretend we're a whole bunch of young Timothys right now out there, needing the encouragement from a solid, incredible spiritual father. We're hearing you, Paul, right now. Encourage us. God has not given us fear. So what has He given us? He's given us an ability. He's given us a grace, a power. He's given us a sound mind. He's given us sound judgment, self-discipline. He's given us an ability to move through this season that is so fear-oriented. We don't know what's gonna happen on the other side. He's given us the tools. We can meditate, I believe, on this scripture in this season and find freedom from the fear that's coming against us and actually lean into faith. Now, just to give you a little bit of context quickly, the, the part of the main reason, outside of Paul trying to encourage young Timothy in his leadership in the church and the establishment of the church, in Ephesus. This is where Timothy was leading the church. Some scholars believe it's it's a really a it was a 5-year span of 1st and 2nd Timothy. Uh, and and you know, but the, one of the main reasons why Paul was encouraging Timothy in his leadership was because Timothy was up against lots of false teaching in the sense of he was exposing the influence of false teaching that was coming against the people that were in Paul's community, but also in the area of Ephesus where Timothy was leading a church. And so yes, Paul was giving him instructions on all kinds of stuff, which we will address later on in the message, but uh, the, the crux of the letters are really to help Paul move through the fear that was coming at him as he was up against all this false teaching and I think you know in this day and age we can think back and say well it isn't the same well actually it is the same in fact it's actually in some ways worse than it was only because there's more people than there was at that time in the world in in in, on earth right so in a sense it is worse and so we're still dealing with this uh uh, these challenges of coming against false teaching coming against things that are Bringing people away from the truth that sets them free, which is found in the person and the message of the gospel in Jesus. So we're going to continue on here. I want to read 2 Timothy chapter 1 uh, verse uh, 6, one verse before the verse I just read where Paul encourages Timothy and reminds him that God's not given him a spirit of fear. Now, I want to, a reason why I want to go backwards a little bit is because I want us to see I want us to see the direct connection between why Paul was encouraging Timothy in this area. And I also want to bring us to a conclusion as to how we position ourselves to overcome the fear that Paul was addressing. So, verse 6, 2 Timothy, that is why I remind you, that is why I remind you to fan, everyone say fan, come on fan you can do this if you want to you can get a fan out fan into flame the gracious gift of God that inner fire the amplified puts it that special endowment which is in you through the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination what was he saying was hey I want to remind you okay you've come this far remember this is second Timothy okay so this is years into his journey this is why I in this time frame, some most scholars believe it was around five years into his journey. He's reminding him, Timothy's wanting to give up, he's wanting to quit. He feels the fear, he feels the pressure, he feels the you know, all the essential businesses are out of service, not functioning. Things are not what they were five years ago. So Paul comes in and encourages him. Okay. Listen, Timothy, I want you to deal with fear. I want to remind you that fear is not your inheritance. You don't need to have fear. But I want to also, to help you overcome that fear, I want you to fan into flame those embers that are in you, that that were deposited in you as gifts and special abilities from God that directly connect to your ability to lead well in this season. I want you to fan into flame what used to be a flame i want you to fan into flame the gifts of god that were in you that inner fire i want you to stoke the fire maybe in the last 5 years the fire has gone out timothy maybe the last 5 years all the pressure of leading the church and the challenges and the people problems and the the betrayals and the gossip and the pushback and and, and the challenges, just in general, financially, whatever the case may be, I don't know all the challenges. We can see a little bit of them. Uh, maybe all those things were a part of squelching out the fire that you once had when you first began. It's like anything in, in life with a relationship. You know, you, you meet your future spouse and it's like you're in the dating season, you're in the honeymoon season, and just, it's different, right? And then life happens and it's for so many people, it's easy to lose the fire, okay? So with anything in life, Whatever passion you have, it's easy to lose the fire. And Timothy was at this point. So Paul's saying, listen, fan into flame. Get your fan out. I want you to fight to fan into flame what you need to be a fire in you if you're going to move through the fear that's coming at you. This is directly connected, you guys. Often we read this verse in isolation. We read verse 7. God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. And that's great awesome. But I want to read what's before. I want to read what's behind that because it's directly linked to helping us actually do the thing that Paul is saying us to do. That means that literally is overcoming the fear that we are facing. In other words, your gifts, Timothy, are directly connected to your ability to fight and your ability to push through your fears. These are your God-given gifts. Now when Paul says to Timothy, "Fan to flame the gift of God, he's literally saying excite the gift. He's saying awake the gift. This is the Aramaic. He's saying awake the gift. Or when he's talking about do not fear man. Now let me just, and I, I know you've heard me teach this, probably if you've been tracking with us, the fear of man is very different than the fear of God, okay? The fear of God is very different than the fear of man. The fear of man shackles us Proverbs says it snares us, it's like a snare, it traps us, it stops us from advancing when we have the fear of man. We do not have the fear of God and the only thing that allows us to be led by God is a fear of God. That's a reverential fear of God of awe that He is God and we are not. That's how we are led that, Not the, oh, I'm scared of God, he's going to hurt me, but it's a fear, it's a reverent awe of God, okay? And these are two separate things. What Paul is addressing to Timothy, which is why the Amplified says it like cowardice. The kind of fear he's saying that God has not given us is a coward-like fear where we cower in the corner and like, oh my gosh, the enemy's going to take me out and oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it. That's a cowardly fear. A fear of God would have been in that moment, man, I got this. Why? Because God's got me. Why? Because God's called Hold me. Why? Because I'm standing in Him, and He is with me. I am in Him. We are united as one. And so, therefore, I fear God more than I fear men. Therefore, I am an overcomer. I'm going to win. I'm going to be be victorious. Okay. So, just to give us a little bit of understanding, the two different types of fear. I know that from my kids, when I've talked to them about about this in the past, and they they sometimes they get confused. Well, why why would we fear God? Because they equate fearing God as they would equate. Or understand fearing man, but it's t- two totally different things. And so, God has not called us to cower away, but to move forward. So that's what Paul is saying. He also is, is saying in First Timothy or Second Timothy one verse seven when he says, "God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of sound judgment." That could be read like revelation, light, or instruction. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but He's given us the instruction we need. He's given us the illumination that we need. He's given us the revelation like to see like He sees. The Bible says that the Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path to see what's coming next, to see where we need to go, to know what our purpose and what his plan is for us. When, God, when we have a revelation of the fear of God over the fear of man, we see right. We have an awakened revelation light on the inside of us. And that, my friends, is directly connected to this fighting to fan into flame the gifts of God because they allow are, they allow us to move through and move over whatever fear comes our way. Now, let me rewind a little bit more. Go to verse 3 of chapter 1, 2 Timothy, okay? Now, because if you read, the reason why I want to go there is because if you read the, uh, verse 6, he's saying, Paul opens the verse up, verse 6, okay, by saying, that is why I remind you. Now, why, why? Is he reminding Timothy outside of what I just said? Outside of the fact that the gifts of God, when they're awakened, they're a part of us moving through fear. There's a deeper sense of the why as well. And it's found in verse 3 and verse 4 and verse 5. Saying this, Timothy, I thank God for you. This is Paul, the God I serve with a clear conscience. Just as my ancestors did, night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again. Why? Because he was in jail. separated from his spiritual son, writing to encourage his son while, in my mind, Paul probably needed the most encouragement when he's shackled literally in jail writing a letter to encourage uh, his spiritual son. I long to see you again for I remember your tears as we parted and I, I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Verse five, listen to this. I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and I know that the same faith continues strong in you. Right, right there, Paul was speaking to Timothy's potential. Timothy may not have felt that at that time. In fact, that's why Paul is saying, fan into flame, the gift of God that's connected to your faith to overcome your fear. Okay? He, he's reminding Paul of where he came from. He's reminding Paul, or, or, or sorry, Paul's reminding Timothy of where he came from, of what's already in him so that he can get his perspective back on track to awaken a desire to actually move forward. He's saying, remember the faith that filled your grandmother and the faith that filled your mother, Eunice. And I know that that same faith, is still there. It's still there, Timothy, but I need to bring you back. And that's why he says, and that's why I remind you and that's why I want you to fan into flame the gift of God because you have what it takes because you are called. If you haven't already figured it out yet, I want to talk today briefly on the subject idea of fighting to fan it. I want to fight to fan it. Fan what? The gift of God inside of me in this season. The things that God has deposited in me to do what I'm called to do. God wants to fan you. Fan your gifts This th- th- today, I believe, this morning. He wants to fan in you the things that God had given you in the beginning To do what God had called you to do. And so I, and I believe, Paul is speaking to us today. is saying, listen to this. I want to give you the instructions. I want to give you the revelation light. I want to give you an awakened understanding of why this is so important. How to set up your life so that you can win and overcome this fear that's plaguing so many of us right now. And God, listen, God is so strategic. Because God sets our life up our processes, our challenges, our opportunities up in reference to the purpose and plan that he has for us. What do I mean by that? When God gives you a promise, often you directly enter into a contradiction. If God speaks to you, you're gonna prosper. Often, what ends up happening is you feel like everything is happening but prospering. Not because God's a bad God, but because God wants to teach you how to lean in and trust him in the word when it doesn't go your way. If it was as simple as you're called to do this and it just always happens that way, you would never have to have faith in the journey or faith in the process because one plus one would always equal two. But in the kingdom, one plus one sometimes equals five. It sometimes feels like it equals minus two, minus three. It doesn't always make sense. So God speaks to us, and then gives us an opportunity to manifest out trusting him if what he said was actually legit or actually true or not. Or if we're gonna live by our feelings only, you know, I'm not saying feelings are bad, but if we live by them only, we're never gonna win. We're never gonna make it because I don't always feel the feelings of, fulfilling what God's told me to do. I just have to do it. I don't feel like working out. I want to do it. I just do it, right? And so feelings are a huge part of our journey, but they're not everything is what I'm trying to say. So God is so strategic because he gives us a promise and then he says, okay, this is how I'm going to set up the steps in such a way that you're going to be able to win when you come to the edge of your promise and not lose. And so therefore, I got to get your character right. I got to build foundation in you. I got to dig deep in you. I got to give you what you need to last the long haul. I love Psalms 105 verse 19 says, God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his dreams to come true. These things will happen. There are processes, okay? And this is all part of the plan. Whether we can say, well, Is God a good God? Because if he's a good God, why would he allow bad things to happen? We don't have to answer that question. Like I talked last week, it's part of the sovereignty aspect of God. We're not going to have all the answers. But what we do know is life happens. And when life happens, even if it's bad, what you've heard the saying, if life gives us a lemon... Or lemons, what do you do? You make lemonade, okay? So whether or not it's God or life or whatever, who cares for a second? Just deal with it, move forward, and turn whatever feels like a lemon into lemonade. Just turn a bad situation into something good. Find a way, because that's what kingdom people do. They find a way, okay? So I just wanted I wanted to bring that. Now, I want to bring us back to First Timothy, okay, so we talked about 2 Timothy, about five years into Timothy's journey, okay, where he's probably discouraged, wants to quit. Paul's encouraging Timothy to fan and to flame the gifts of God because he sees how the gifts are directly connected to his destiny and his purpose and overcoming fear. And he's reminding, you know, Timothy about the faith that was in his grandmother and in his mother, reminding him of his potential to get him back on track because he was discouraged. And if we go back five years to the beginning or somewhere in the beginning of Timothy's journey, leading the church as a young leader, this is what we see in 1 Timothy verse, chapter 1 verse 18. Timothy, my son, this is Paul, once again, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. I love that. I remember there was a summer and I preached on this message. I probably preached from this or taught from this passage probably two or three times in the last five or six years. But I, I remember it, it was one summer I was at a cottage uh, during vacation and I was just literally I was meditating on this, this one verse just like every day for seven days straight. Every day that I was gone, I was just meditating. Timothy, my son, here are my instructions. He's basically saying, listen to this. Listen to this. Yes, at one, at one point, Timothy, five years from now, you're going to have to fight to fan into flame. Fan into flame. Okay, what was given to you around this point? Because it was around this point that Paul or, de, or the, the elders had actually ordained Timothy to do what he was called to do. Around this point, we don't know what at what juncture, but it was somewhere in the beginning of his journey. That's why Paul was saying, "Fan into flame." The gifts of God that were lay, were put in you through impartation by the laying on of hands. Okay, uh, by the elders. Okay, so that's what he he's he's reminding him of what happened in this context right now. What I'm reading. Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. So all the prophetic words, all the deposit, all the impartation you received, the, the, the strength, the God-given abilities to lead, okay? I'm going to give you now some instructions that are set, are in reference to enabling you to fulfill the call of God over your life. I said it just moments earlier I said God is so strategic and he, and he sets our life up, the processes, the challenges, the opportunities in reference to the words that are spoken over our life. The God-given strengths and gifts that are in our life. The plan and purposes for our life. Our journey and our processes are a part of making that happen, like it was in it Psalms like 100 105, verse 19, speaking of Joseph. Joseph had a had a dream, had a plan, God had a purpose for him to sit as top dog, basically on the throne, so to speak, second in command, but he had to go through a process of of character purging, a process of building foundation. In other words, God set up a system for him, an organized system of processes, challenges, and opportunities to shape-shift him, to shape him into the person that he needed to be to handle what God called him to be. See, God needs to shape you into what you need to be in order so he can give you what he's called you to be. I hope you get that. So here we have Paul encouraging Timothy, the same thing. I'm gonna give you some teaching. I'm gonna give you some instructions to help you along the way of all the processes, all the journeys, and through all the opportunities that you're going to face based on what has been prophesied over you. May they, listen to this, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. May these instructions, he's saying, listen to this, Timothy. I want you to fight to fan in the gifts of God five years from now, okay? And I'm going to remind you of this moment five years from now. So I want you to fight to keep that that thing fanned, those gifts fanned. Everything I'm about to tell you, though, over the next, let's call them two books of the Bible, two big long letters, everything that I am going to tell you, instruct you on, is going to give you the ability and the insight, the revelation light, the illuminated path that you need to walk this walk, to fight these battles well, I want you to think right now of all the dreams. Think about all the plans of God that he has for you. Think about the purposes in life that he has for you. And now, and think about, think about some of the words. Maybe you've had words, prophetic words. People have prophesied into your future, into your potential. They, they've encouraged you along your journey. Maybe you haven't had that, or maybe you just have a sense that you're called to do these amazing things in life and be this and do that and whatever the case may be for you. Maybe you feel like you're just called to raise the most powerful, you know, warrior kids out there that are going to change the world, and you're an at home mom or an at home dad or whatever the case may be. This applies to everybody. Whatever it is you feel that God has purposed you for in this season, okay? I want you to think about those things. Now I want you to shift over and think about everything that you're going through all the fears, all the challenges all the opportunities that sometimes are challenges in disguise or challenges that are opportunities in disguise. I want you to think of all these things and I want you to wonder for a second, could it be that these things that you are dealing with and facing up against are actually given to you as a reference so that you can actually come into all that God's called you to come into? Could it be? I would venture to say that 99% of the time, usually, unless it's something that you did that was stupid to yourself, okay? Some sort of consequence that you are facing right now. But even that, a lemon can be turned into lemonade, okay? And even if it's a bad choice you made, I believe anything bad right now, if you put God into the mix, God into the equation, something good can come out of it, okay? And that's just truth. That's just his Bible. The Bible says that. Ephesians promises that. Paul encourages that. He says, listen, you know God will take anything and turn it into good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So if you're that person, whatever it is that you're facing, something good can come out of it. But I want you to think about how everything that you're facing right now could be and is probably, most likely, connected to you preparing yourself to fulfill what God has put on you. Your life and Timothy had to go through this, and he had a major role. He had a major role at the forefront of leading in the new church era as we know it. Okay, he was still he was a a, a forerunner. He was a prototype. In fact, uh, Timothy and Titus are two of the two of the main books that we find really in the New Testament that really help us outline. Um, expectations and prerequisites for what leaders should be responsible for or have in their life as value, as morals in the church. Those two, those three books are really what we have. There's some more, you know, in and through First and Second Peter, but Titus and First Timothy and Second Timothy really are like a blueprint. For, for leadership in the church. And so Timothy was at the forefront and these letters to him to encourage him along his journey were at the forefront of guiding still today us as we know it in leading the church forward. And all these instructions, I'm going to get into this in a second, were given to Timothy to help him fight well. And they were based on the words that were given him. Okay, now let's just um, I, I, what I want to do is I want to remind us, first of all, what we're talking about. If we're I know I've kind of jumped around a little bit and kind of went back and forth a little bit, but we're talking about what it looks like to fight, to fan into flame the gifts of God in our life. And I want to use the instructions. I'm going to use 10 basic instructions that Paul gave to Timothy as a reference point of things that we need to look at, that I believe are a part of Fanning into flame the gift of God. As we keep these things a focus, a focal point, in check in our life, they are a part of fanning into flame the gifts of God that may be burnt out right now. And that's the whole purpose of 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18 connected to 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 and the fear that he was going through and in the middle of all of that these are the instructions that Paul is giving Timothy so he can fight well and overcome the fear and it's all connected back to making sure his gifts are fanned into flame. I want to give you the 10 basic instructions that Paul said to Timothy. Paul said listen to this bro. Listen to this spiritual sign of mine. If you just focus on these things, you'll win. You'll fight well. I hope they're going to help you in your battles. I'm not going to break them down too much, but I'm going to give you 10 basic instructions that Paul gave Timothy, okay? Number one, he encouraged and gave teaching on the value of worship, Worship, coming together, free from anger and controversy. He actually included, even in that, the value of interceding in prayer because we know prayer is a part of worship, praying for everyone, praying for those in authority. He said, Timothy, as you lead, don't forget to sow into others that lead. Don't forget to pray for others that lead. Don't forget that this is such a valuable part of why we gather. And when you gather, gather free from anger. Gather free from unnecessary controversy. And of course, if you continue reading, you got to read uh, uh, these books, like any book in the Bible, in its cultural context. You can't just Uh, You read everything at face value and expect it's going to apply the same way. It still applies, but differently expressed because the culture historically was very different in that time. Okay, So you have to understand history, culture, culture when you're studying the scripture. Very important. So we can figure out how it connects now to my life and apply in this context. Number two, he encouraged leadership in the church. These are the values, Timothy. These are the expectations of healthy leadership. These are the values of elders and deacons, and what makes you management material? If you're going to manage people in the church, if you're going to lead in the church, well, then I got to make sure that A, B, C in your life is in check. I got to look at all these things. There was expectations. You know, we have this whole thing right now where everyone should just be able to lead in church, and that's okay. And listen, that's just not how it is. In any any space of society. You, you don't just get a job because you feel like, oh, I want to be a doctor today, so I should be a doctor. No, you go through a process. You got to go to school, you got to get your education. There's a reference point. So, But somehow we think the church should just be this. Free for all, you know, anybody can, yeah, and anybody can lead in a sense, but it doesn't mean that anyone's ready to lead, okay? There's a big difference between anyone could be a doctor and then being ready to be a doctor. Two different things. And Paul actually gives us instruction. He gives us instruction to Timothy listen, if you're going to appoint elders, if you're going to appoint deacons, if you're going to appoint, let's call them, pastors, okay, and administrators in the church, I want you to make sure that you're not quick to appoint them because you'll re- you'll regret it. As quick as you appointed them will be as quick as you take them off leadership because you, 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 you didn't go, you didn't take them through a journey or a process. They were not ready. They could lead, but they weren't ready to lead, okay? So two different things, and I want to help us understand that, please, because I think there's a huge Uh, wishy-washy gray line now in the church but because the church is is, is, we see it different than the business world we see it different than the corporate world and it is it is but organizationally and from a healthy leadership standpoint at some level it's not because there's still a process there's still a due diligence even Paul says that Timothy I mean teachers are held to a higher standard Paul says to Timothy he says listen he said, you got to show yourself approved, man. Like, study the Word. Like, if you want to lead this thing, there's, a, there's stuff that you have to do. You can't just kind of fly by the seat of your pants. You're not going to lead anything well. You're going you're gonna to lose. Everything that I've given you, Timothy, these two books, these two letters, are instruction to help you lead well. And so we need to focus on healthy leadership in the church. This is a huge part of it. Why? Because every one of you out there, listen, has the potential to be a leader. But it doesn't mean you're ready. So develop yourself. Go through the process. Go through the the purging, the challenges. Let your character be refined. Like Dig your ditches deeper. Pour deeper foundation. Let that cement get stronger. This is all part of the journey. Number three. Number three. Dealing with false teaching. These are another third instruction. Third main instruction. Now I'm kind of abbreviating because there's many instructions in between these main focal point instructions that Paul gives to Timothy, but like I said, the overview of really the whole two letters really is around exposing and helping Timothy deal with false teaching and how it affects worship and how it affects what you can and cannot eat and how it affects leadership, all these different things. It kind of is congruent through everything, but dealing with false teaching. So he says to Timothy, know the word, be approved, like study, like get into the thing. Don't just read the word, study the word, study it. And that's not just to Timothy because he was a leader. Every one of us is called to study the word. Don't just read it, study it, get into it. Just like you'd study anything in life. Taking care of family, number four, and those in need. Talks about the benevolent aspect of healthy spiritual life. If you're gonna win, make sure you have a balanced diet. This is part of your balance, okay, Timothy? Make sure you take care of the needs of family take care of the needs of the widow those that are less fortunate that are in need share he's, he's he's focusing on the benevolent aspect of of leadership in this in this moment money money's a big one this is number 5 money He encourages not to trust in money. Don't love money. He says, you know, don't long to be rich because it's going to be a trap for you in the end. And I'm not referencing the verses here because it will get too long, but you can go back and you can read it. Be generous instead, he says, and be ready to share with others. Focus on generosity. Don't think that your whole life is to be wrapped up in money is going to answer all your problems because it's not. It's going to bring you into a trap. Steward money, use money, but don't fall in love with it. Fall in love with Jesus and let Him bless you so you can be a blessing. Stay confident and staying the course. This is number six. This is the sixth main overview or or focal point of instruction. Staying confident and staying the course. Don't quit. Don't fear. Fan into flame the gifts of God. This is this is where we're at now. We're at around 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where Paul is saying, now fan into flame the gifts of God that were laid on that 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 were that of the gifts that were were given to you by by the laying on of hands. Fan into flame. Because at this point, Timothy wanted to quit. He was losing his confidence. And so Paul was saying, stay the course. Maybe you're in business right now. Maybe you're in construction. Maybe you know you work for the government. You're in education. You're in family. You're an at-home mom, an at-home dad, whatever the case may be. okay. And you want to quit right now. You're discouraged. It's been five years along on your journey. You don't know what up is. You don't know what down is. You feel dry. You feel dull. You just feel like everything is gray. You feel like maybe you're bored with life. My encouragement to you. Remember why you started. Remember what was given to you in the beginning. Remember how you got into what you got into right now. Remember the passion, the desire. Well, Paul's saying to you today, as he's saying to me today, through me saying to you, fan into flame those gifts again. Let that inner fire be reawakened again. Get into the word again. Because you're at a point right now where you want to give up. And listen, we need you. You can't give up on your business. You can't give up on, on on that job, that career path. You can't give up on that marriage, that family, that child. You cannot give up on that friendship, that leadership responsibility. Keep going. Fan into flame. Give it some time. Do what you did in the beginning to get you to where you are right now. Don't forget how you got here. Then he talks about work ethics. Work ethics. I think we're on number... Seven work ethics. Be approved. Second Timothy chapter two verse fifteen. Not ashamed. He says, don't be ashamed to share the word of truth. Show yourself approved. Work hard. Work enthusiastically. Then he goes on to say, in, uh, number eight, staying pure. Staying pure. Walk straight. Don't waver. Don't compromise. Avoid foolish arguments which bring you into anger, which bring divisive or bring division into relationships, run from things he says that provoke compromise. Like keep your focus straight. You know, you know right now what violates your conscience. You know what violates your conscience, what makes you feel like you're compromising, which makes you feel like you're not living the best version of you. Run from those things. Run towards right living. Righteousness simply is right standing with God, which promotes right living on behalf of or as a representative of God. That's simply what righteousness is. It's right standing and we have Right standing. And so, therefore, with that perspective, we can live right and walk straight and not do things that compromise. And so, you, as Paul's saying to Timothy, listen, Timothy, you're going to have lots of opportunity when you're discouraged, when you're in fear to compromise. And I want you to not do that, but also I want you to encourage those that are in that same space to run from things that will rob them of their best life or the best version of themselves and according to what God has. For the number um, number nine is preparation for the future. He encourages this. This is a basic instruction that Paul encourages. There will come a time, he says, where people from all walks of life will reject the truth. We are constantly living in that time. It's still happening today. It's still happening today, and it will always happen. You guys, listen. We are living in a time now where people don't even know the definition. what truth is you have your truth I have my truth and there is the truth and often there's no line in between we can't differentiate between my truth and the truth and Paul says to Timothy there will come a time where it's going to get so wishy-washy. And it's going to get hard. It's going to get darker before it gets brighter. But Timothy, don't let your fire go out. You keep going. You keep preaching the word. You keep doing what I've called you to do. In the last one, the last basic instruction that Paul encourages Timothy to make sure is at the forefront. That directly connects to his gifts becoming a strength to fulfill his purpose and God's plan over his life as a leader in the church is keep that evangelistic edge. Keep that that edge of loving people into the kingdom. The Bible says, er, or Jesus said it, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Part of loving your neighbor is sharing the good news that's changed your life. The good news of the gospel that Jesus died on a cross willingly to, to destroy the wall of separation between mankind and the creator himself. And then he resurrected to give us a new life, a new hope, and unite us as one with the one who created the cosmos. This is the most beautiful, most amazing reality that we could come into and we can experience in life is to know the creator of the cosmos, Jesus himself, the author of faith, the finisher of faith. He's the alpha, he's the omega, he's the beginning and he is the end and we get to live in the in-between with him along the journey and have a relationship, have a friendship with the one who designed us perfectly with a perfect plan to be fulfilled on the earth. And so he says, listen, Keep that evangelistic edge, knowing everything that I just shared should make you want to reach out, should make you want to share the news, should make you want to share the same news that's transformed your life and allow it or uh, see it transform others around you. These are the 10 basic instructions. I just went through 10 points. Crazy. That Paul gives Timothy along his journey. I want to encourage you, fight to fan into flame the gifts of God on the inside of you. And I want to encourage you to listen to Paul's instructions in this season. If you feel like your fire is going out. If you feel like your passion is waning. If you feel like you're just struggling with fear. This is the antidote to fear. If you would apply and implement, I believe... Even just a few of these things, you're gonna see, you're gonna see passion come alive again in you. You're gonna see things that are out of balance come into balance. You're gonna see compromise exit the building, the building of your life. You're gonna, you're gonna see lots of things begin to shift, and all of a sudden now you're gonna see clear again. And so maybe you're watching today and you say, That's you, I feel like my fire's gone out, I feel dull, I feel weary. I wanna encourage you today just to reach out your hand, just as an act of faith. Open up your heart. And say, today, I am going to choose to begin to fight, to fan again the flame that maybe is out. Maybe it's an ember. But guess what? Even embers are still hot. With a little bit of wind, a little bit of fanning, that ember, those embers can become a flame again. So my prayer for you today is that God would begin to give you the wood you need to light you on fire again. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for all those watching that you would awaken us, that you would overwhelm us with strength, that you would reveal to us and in us and remind us how we got here and remind us of what's in us already right now. And I pray that you would blow on the embers of our spirit and will awaken a new fire on the inside of us to live out the purposes, to live out the plan of God in our life and that we would understand that everything around us right now is based on, the prophetic words, the promises, the purposes, the plan that God has for us. And I pray that we'd listen to your instruction in this season. We'd listen to your word in this season. We'd dive deep. We'd dig deep. We'd move into the deep and we cast our nets out onto the deep in this season and catch something that would blow our mind in 2021 in Jesus' name. God, I pray for healing. God, I pray that you would just remove uh, fear in such a radical way. Continue to remove fear and strike against fear in this season over our mindsets, God, in Jesus' name. Where we feel fear, where we feel like we're cowardice, or we feel like we're cowering in a corner, just hoping this thing is just going to end, or this challenge is going to end, or finding some way to get out of this season, God, I pray that you give us the self-control, the sound mind, the perspective, the power that we need to advance in an incredible way in Jesus' name. Hey, well, I hope that message encouraged you, and my prayer truly is that God would awaken a new fire on the inside in you in this season. But maybe you've never even said yes to Jesus yet. Maybe you've been watching this, you've been kind of on the fence in this season, searching for truth, but unsure of how to take the next step. It's really simple. I mean, Romans 10 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead, we will be Saved, transformed from the inside out. It's a simple shift of the posture of our heart. Simple perspective change to say, hey, Jesus, you've been knocking on the door of my heart since my beginning. You wanted a relationship with me. Maybe I've rejected you, but today I'm saying yes to you. I'm saying yes to the forgiveness that you already paid for over 2,000 years ago on a cross. You died a willing death to destroy the wall of separation between me and you, and you were raised, to, uh, you were raised, you were resurrected as a new man so that I can become a new man. I can become a new woman in you. So if that's you right now and you wanna say yes and you wanna dive into a new relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is say I accept and I say yes to the relationship that you already provided for me over 2,000 years ago through your death resurrection on a cross. It's a simple posture change, a simple perspective change to receive his forgiveness. So if that's you, just repeat after me, say, Jesus, I believe, I want you in my life. I receive your forgiveness. I believe that you were raised from the dead on the third day, and I want to walk forward in relationship with you in Jesus' name. If you said that and you meant it, I want to encourage you to reach out, prayer at kingdomculture.ca. We'd love to be a part of your journey, pray for you. But it's the best decision you have ever made, I believe, up until this point. It's simply a starting point. You're not saved through a prayer, but it's a starting point. It's simply an invitation now to the greatest party that you've ever been invited to. And that's the relationship that we get to have with Jesus himself. And so God bless you. So excited for you along on your journey. We will see you next week.
0: Wow, that was such an awesome experience. It was, it was. I'm just pumped. But you know what? If you made a decision today to give your life to Jesus, we would just love to connect with you, pray with you, and walk you through this journey. So if you just want to email us at prayer at kingdomculture.ca, we'd love to just, uh, we'd love to connect with you. And that is all
1: for today. So we love you guys and cannot wait to see you next week through the camera.
0: Bye.